This is Kai, and I'm excited to introduce to you the Big Fish Podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. Some of you may know me from the show Love and Marriage Huntsville, um, where I was portrayed as a bitter ex-wife. So I am here with my podcast to give my point of view, as well as talk about different point of views in the world that's happening today. Not only are we discussing the show, we're talking about events for intelligent people, intelligent combo, involving intelligent people. And here with me today are two of the biggest fish in my life. My hubby, Zay, as well as our close, close friend, Tito. <laughs> what up, what up? What's up? <laughs> And before we get into our discussion today, I just want to thank you for stopping by the Big Fish Podcast. You could be at any other podcast, but you're here with us at Big Fish, and I appreciate you. And speaking of appreciation, I really appreciate you guys being on the show today. Yeah, no problem. This is my first episode, and I know that this is going to be prosperous. So this is only the beginning, is what I'm saying. So with that being said... I would like to talk about the holiday season with you what? guys. Did they get here already? They're oh here. They're Christmas? here. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like it was just like <laughs> feeling like ninety degrees just <laughs> a couple months That's ago. That's because you were in a, a tropical state. <laughs> oh well, yeah. But <laughs> That's I mean, a big difference. you know, just being here in Michigan, you know how that weather changes yeah, so yeah, quick. Yeah, so yeah. it's just kind of and that's you know, true too. Cute. That we here that's already. True you know, too. it's cold. Yeah. yeah, it was fast. <laughs> it was fast. Though. So. We figuring out what we gonna do for cooking. So, I think you were talking about holiday traditions. I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of traditions that have changed that kind of weirded me out. You know, I'm a, I'm an '80s baby. Uh, you know, so I remember we would all sit around the table and we had greens and mm-hmm. dressing, turkey and all that good stuff. Now I'm seeing folks cooking shrimp dressing and, you know, they're doing crab boils for yeah. Christmas. They're not cooking anymore. They're going out to dinner now. And it used to be, you know, families would just come together and, you know, have dinner together. Now things have kind of changed a little bit. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I like the fish. I like the shrimp. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you have Thanksgiving. You already got the turkey. Then to turn around and cook the dressing and turkey again for Christmas again. Just got over the years, you know, I kind of. So it sounds there. like you bought over the turkey and dressing. For right? Christmas. Oh, for Christmas. Yeah. And I'm telling you, fish. I feel like I can eat that every holiday. Leave it to me. Even mm-hmm. if it's a Valentine's Day, I can eat turkey and dressing <laughs> every day. It wouldn't matter to me. Anytime it's <laughs> turkey and dressing, I, I can eat that every holiday. Gotcha. Yeah, but I totally understand what you're saying about doing things a little differently. It doesn't take away from tradition. You just have to switch it up sometime. So, um, I mean, we still get together. We still do the family thing. But let's change the menu is what I'm Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's real. change the menu. It doesn't have to be the same old menu every single holiday. Well, you telling me I can't have my chitlins anymore. Like, I lo- you know, I love chitlin, neck bones, hog moths, neck bones, you name it. I love it. And to not try to have that... You know, every holiday, it kind of it kind of does so to me. I feel like I'm losing something. I'm missing out. Things are just changing, and mm-hmm. you know, with technology and everything else, I'm just 
feel like that's just one more thing that we're losing for sure. So what I'm hearing is that you you like the traditional meals. Yeah, okay. I, I think okay. traditional okay. meals are good because it was a way of bringing your family together. You got to know each other. It was just about mm-hmm. a time that you bonded with your family mm-hmm. members, especially like if you're moving from different states now and getting together. Mm-hmm. I just like that whole family camaraderie yeah the whole vibe (laughs) as opposed to now you know with folks on their cell phone and you know you're saying prayer through the Mm. through you know facebook (laughs) and it's like (laughs) so yeah so things have definitely changed in the world in general um for sure so that brings us to our topic how did holidays take us to our topic because we're talking about how social media affects the world uh, yeah so uh, basically uh, there were some events that came across and the only way i knew about it was through social media oh, wow. so that's how it was brought to my attention so we had some things that occurred two days ago i believe um right in miami with a uh, police pursuit are you guys aware of this situation uh, I think I heard a l- little bit about it. Can you just shed a little bit more light on just to kind of bring it back to my focus? Here? Absolutely. So basically from my, my what I've un- understood to happen, there was a heist, a jury heist that occurred in Miami. Uh, the suspects tried to get away in a UPS vehicle. They got in the vehicle, but the UPA, UPS driver was still in the vehicle. And during oh, that wow. time... Uh, the police pursued the vehicle and they went into shooting. Um, the The shooting uh, came from the suspects inside the vehicle. So officers <coughs> reciprocated by shooting back. Um, and in that happening, they killed the innocent driver that was mm-hmm. on the on the truck, and they so. also shot a driver that was in the intersection at the time. Now, mind you, I didn't mention this, but um, what what it was during rush hour traffic. This is like five o'clock in the evening in Miami. People are getting off of work. People are probably picking their kids up from their sports, whatever the case may be. So it was, you know, pretty busy time of the day, and this happened. So basically, I want to know what you guys think about that. Do you think that officers went too far? Do you think they did exactly what they should have done? Um, what's your take on it? Well, I hadn't had a lot of information on it, but as I was just able to kind of pull up here, it appears that, you know, he had uh, two young girls. He was a 27-year-old young man. You're talking about the victim, right? The victim itself. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think it's just very disheartening, you know, to from what I'm reading here, I believe this was his first time going out on his first run. Yes. And Mm -hmm. to actually have this kind of situation happen Mm -hmm. uh, would end with the loss of life here. Uh, It's just tragic. And I think when do we say enough is enough? Right. You know, where, you know, although we do as, you know, the community and we want police in our community and we want them to, you know, combat crime and things like that. But when it's putting other lives at risk, uh, when do we kind of say it's enough is enough when it was actually this young man who ended up getting killed? And, and believe it or not, the other two, from what I'm reading, uh, they they were also um, they still alive. So when do we kind of just fall back? and, and kind of just assess the situation and say, you know what, enough is enough, and we sort of back off, or are there other tactics in which we can mm-hmm. handle a situation? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's very interesting to me, and I can 
certainly understand how his family feels about this and you know of course his children and you know having to deal with something like this is just certainly unfortunate mm -hmm. especially around the holidays mm -hmm. you know there's something like this mm -hmm. well from my understanding i think it was one police that handled it properly or whatever uh procedures to take um it's hard to say because he, he, he they were putting other people in uh life's in jeopardy by being on the highway. So it's kind of put you in a, a, you know, like it's a rock in a hard place. Should have they been that aggressive? I don't know. I mean, what you think? I mean, should have they took another route? Um, yeah, I just, it's just hard. It's just hard to talk about. It is hard to say. Um, just being in the criminal justice field myself, I know that you have to think about things from both perspectives. Um, it's either... This is, this is the real. You either kill or be killed. I get that concept. But at what degree? You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, how far do you go to say, okay, either I'm going to let these people go, mm. we'll catch them later, or are we going to kill them right now? Because mind you, you got to keep in mind, they shot first at the officer, so they don't have any respect for authority, period, right. at all. So that's first thing. So, And not only um, my research showed me that these people have done this type of heist in other states. So mm -hmm. they're career criminals, basically. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Wow. So um, we have to take that in consideration, too. My personal opinion about this particular case is they went way too far. They went way too far. It was too many innocent lives in the area at that time that were not taken into consideration. So not only was this young man that worked for UPS killed, um, the person, another person was killed that's not getting as much media attention. It was a 70-year-old man, passenger guy that was just driving. Um, I don't know if he was leaving work. I don't know where he was coming from, but he was on the highway. He was also killed during this altercation. Oh, wow. The suspects were killed, which is amazing. That's great because they no longer can do this to anybody. But um, these two innocent lies... To me, that that's the huger impact. That's the bigger problem. Because mm. now these kids have to grow up with, without their dad. And nine times out of ten, they're not going to have too much uh, respect or, uh, what's the good word? I Reliability. It would be like an adverse effect, exactly. I think, maybe mm -hmm. um, on the child. But can we, can we really necessarily say that, you know, just where they are right now? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can only imagine where they could be. Um, I know where I would be personally if it were me in this situation. Um, and if my children had to deal with the fact that, th that the person that you go to for help have ultimately taken something away from me. I know how I would feel in that situation. So that's all I can really go by. Um, nine times out of ten, I'm not the only one that feels that way. So, basically, you know, it, it's a difficult situation. However, I hope that it's handled properly because we've seen many situations where officers have taken lives and they have not been reprimanded properly to our standards, correct? Or things right? being handled properly. Like, um, I think I was reading something uh, in the news today um, where George Zimmerman is now suing the... Uh, Martin family for I believe a hundred million dollars for defamation yes. of character. I mean, yes. if not only 
you know, you took this young man's life, you know, in claiming to be a so-go cop or Mm -hmm. an officer of the law. But now, with everything else, you sold the gun that killed this young man. You made a profit off of that. Only to now turn the pain back on the family to have to relive this over again. I just, I just think it's, 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 it's unacceptable. Yeah, that's bad. Um, so he's suing. Uh, you, you saying? So, Correct. Uh, okay. Wow. So he's suing the family of Trayvon Martin, uh, in hopes to get a, attain a hundred million dollars. We know the likelihood of that family may possibly being able to pay the hundred million dollars probably is unlikely but i guess it's to silence maybe a book deal of some sort or some sort of you know benefit that the family could get um from telling their story and what happened to their son so let's say for example if they want to come out with a book and it sells or it's a bestseller he can reap the benefits of of that uh said you know benefit uh because there would be a judgment at that point but mm-hmm. it's, it's just disgusting if you ask me yeah. It's, yeah i agree i totally agree um the interesting point about that is that the trayvon martin case happened in the same state that this incident happened which is in florida wow. so um yeah for that to happen around this time like that is also um it's just, you gotta you just you really gotta look at things the bigger picture you know what i mean so uh did you guys know that trayvon's mother is running for she's running for office in the state of florida um nothing like she's not running for mayor or anything but she's playing one of the smaller offices in the state of florida did you guys know that yeah i I had no idea about that um you know because so much of the time we always hear about George Zimmerman and his antics mm-hmm. a lot of times what's going on in the Martin family okay. is sort of kind of washed out and pushed to the back. So, so I, I don't be barely, but that's a great thing if she's willing to bring change yes. among the, the justice uh, criminal system. I know you're a part of that. Um, and if, you know, <clears throat> the way that, you know, things are done or the way that things were done when, George Zimmerman had that encounter with Trayvon. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, that can prevent uh, similar situations like that, or that not happening to someone. Exactly. You know, or our young black men here. I mean, it's just unfortunate that exactly. um, these sort of things sort of happen. Yeah, uh, in the world we live in, you know, especially. I mean, what's the solution? Like, what you hear so much. Is there a solution or? I mean, obviously, it would be justice reform. I mean, I'm sure Kiowa can speak to justice reform and, and kind of give her outlay of what um, maybe some solution-based. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's an awesome concept to have justice reform. However, we got to come together as a unit, first of all, before we can even make any change. If we can't even come together as a unit on basic stuff, we have no impact nationally. We can't, you know, if we can't come together on, you know, the smaller things, mm-hmm. how are we supposed to move the world? We have the we have the ability, mm-hmm. absolutely. But the unity is what's missing. We, we got to come together on those things first before we can make any change. But I think I wanted to kind of talk about the fact that why did he wait to now? Why did he yeah. wait to now to do a lawsuit? That's kind of what I'm trying to figure out did it have anything to do with the fact that mom is running for these offices now or you know what what is it why did he wait so long to file a lawsuit against his family if that's what he was going to do not saying it's right 
Because I don't think that it's right. But why now? Why now? I, I don't know. I guess I couldn't speak to a mind of a murderer, but I I would probably suggest that, you know, he's desperate. I mean, yeah. money probably is running low. Uh, you know, he's not, you know, being praised. Maybe, you know, organizations are no longer supporting mm-hmm. George Zimmerman behind this. Who knows? To me, it sounds like desperation. It could very well be that Trayvon's mother is running for uh, some sort of office, or as I mentioned before, if there's some potential book deal that could be presented, they would reap some of the benefits of that book deal. That's that's about the only thing I can I can get out of that. What do you think, Cuz? I agree. It's some type of publicity book deal or a distraction from some type of secret, whatever. But it's uh it's repulsive yeah, is what it is yeah. it's sickening that it he is. would even think that that was okay to even right. do something like that like, and honestly when the bigger question who would be the lawyer that would be silly enough to take this case i mean at this point like who's the attorney that's going to come out in the forefront and stake a claim that say that george zimmerman is justified in his pursuit of the martin family for a hundred a hundred million dollars after he had killed this young man under, you know, under circumstances that were very sketchy. Um, we never really were justified. It was just that the law in itself mm-hmm. was able to work in Georgia in favor in this mm-hmm. case. So, and he actually beat that case. That's what I think we need to know. Who's yeah. the attorney that's See, silly enough to even go? The lawyer. Mark. Omari really? is his attorney's Is name. that the attorney? That is his All attorney. Right, so we need to start sending letters to Mark Omari. And that's publicity <laughs> for him, remember, for the attorney as well. Exactly. So it's a, I, for some reason, it's, it's a publicity thing. You know, I, I truly believe that. Because uh, like you say, he's not going to get $100 million from, you know, his parents, um, Trayvon's parents. So it's, it's either publicity or, or just... Uh, um, Something to throw the maybe like I sue you for a hundred yeah. million, but I try to come back at you for ten million, so I can't get anything from you. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, it's a you guys are you saying that you think that it's a stunt? It's a stunt. I do. Okay. So do you think that he's going to win this? No, I doubt it. Do you think he's going to get anything out of this? No, publicity. No, I, I I I wouldn't even see this going past <laughs> even just a filing at this point um to me it's also it's almost surprising that you know something hasn't happened to the said person and you know i'm not promoting violence or anything like that but usually in the community when we realize there's been an injustice or an injustice Mm -hmm. to you know one of our own you know people tend to want to act out and do something about it and mm-hmm. i'm just kind of surprised that nothing like that is happening you know to go back to say what we're going to do about it i think it, it just it starts in our homes um it starts in our homes and i know that for a fact but for it innocent lives to get constantly get murdered like that you wonder what what's behind that that officer right so yeah, no, I agree um, 100%. That was my mind frame when I heard about it. I'm like, this man's trying to get killed. I'm surprised he didn't made it this far, yeah. but he's still here, and you're going to try your luck again? Like, he is trying to get killed, honestly, because there are people out here that 
don't care nothing about losing nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And to be such a touchy matter because we got to remember, he wasn't an officer. He was a, um, their, their state have this law where you, if you think something's going wrong, that you can address it. But he was not an officer. He saw this little boy, thought he was suspicious because he was one black, two he had on a hoodie. He went to the store to buy what? Sweet tea and Skittles. Mm -hmm. And he killed that boy. Yeah. Actually, Trayvon, from my understanding, Trayvon was feeling, uh, he felt that he was being followed. He felt threatened. And he was like, okay, what should I do? He went into, uh, not attack mode, but he went into defense defense mode. mode. Defense mode. Right. And then the guy pulled out this gun. So that's basically what I'm saying. Like, is it is it really a justice system, or is it the well, lack thereof a justice system? Is my question. Yes, those are questions. Those are certainly great questions, and I think it's you know it's just a matter of opinion. Some people would say it's an injustice. Some people would say it was justice, and I think again it's just a matter of opinion and, and how you stand on which side you stand on the law. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't see. I really honestly, and it's probably just me. I don't see how anybody can see justice or not. I really don't. I really don't. Honestly. And I mean, to each his own, but I don't see how anyone can see any justice in that particular case. We know there's been several cases that came after that. But that case, I don't see no justice. And Florida got so it sort of kind of sounds like, you know, we're, we're essentially in, in a whole just talking about how um, officers really handle these sort of situations because if I'm not mistaken didn't George Zimmerman say he was an officer of some sort or he tried to identify himself as being some sort of officer or security of yes. some sort I didn't yes. know that. security or something really? of that line but he was not a officer like of an officer no, he was there is a term for what he was doing because like I said in the state of Florida you're able to no, you're able to, if you think something is going on, you're able to um, address it. But I'll find it. You guys just, Homeland security. I'll find it. Yeah. No. So, I mean, I, I think mean, we I, should just think, how, but what are some solutions? Like, I feel like we can always talk about the problems, you know, on and on and on about these issues and, and this sort of thing. But how do we then start to say, what are solutions and what do those solutions look like in the black community? Like, what does what does justice look like for us as a black collective, as a whole? You know, in a situation like that, what, what does that justice reform look like? Well, I, I really honestly don't think that... I think that different type of crimes happen in different type of areas. The, the type of crime that occurred in that situation... It's not something that happens in our community. I don't think they were living in a black community. They were trying to better them li- their lives. They were living in the s- outskirts of a black community, and this happened. Um, do we have crime in a black community? Absolutely, but not that type of crime. Um, ain't no black man about to follow me in the hood. I mean, no white man about to follow me. It's just not going to happen because somebody going to pull up and be like, okay, sis, you good? And do whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I feel so, um, I don't think that that was um, a black community type of crime, but what can we do? 
I, I really don't know. That's what we're here to talk about. I guess we need to I come up what, with some ideas. One of my ideas was that we would have to look at some implicit bias training to not look at African-American young men and look at them and automatically mm-hmm. perceive them as a threat or to say that, oh, because they're in a certain community, they're somehow committing some sort of crime without any you know, vetting of any sort. They're just automatically in a situation or at a place and now they're being, you know, unjustly convicted of a crime when nothing has ever, you know, even happened at that point. So the implicit bias training definitely has to come into full effect. I think that officers have to start engaging the black community a little bit more because we don't trust the, we don't trust police officers. I mean, just me speaking myself personally, when a police officer gets behind me, I'm automatically on guard. Like, right. I'm thinking about, do I got any warrants? Do I got my driver's license? <laughs> my insurance up to date? Do I have my seatbelt on? Do I have, you know, uh, you know, did I take care of that parking ticket that I had, you know, last week? So right. a lot of times, those are some of the, the, the some of the, the things that we deal with, and I'm just going to say it as a black man collectively, mm-hmm. that we deal with on an everyday-to-day basis. Even when we walk out the door, we know that we're a target of some sort of implicit bias when we go somewhere. Like if we go to the shopping mall, we go in the mall, That's we're true. being followed because, oh my God, we're going to steal a 65-inch TV That's and true. stuck it in our coat and walk out of the store. Or, you know, we're going to do something that's just so heinous that these implicit biases are, are put on us as black men. And I think the community, our, our government, all need this training to, to really bring this justice reform so, we, so we're not judging people as, you know, we're looking at them. And say for Hispanic or any other ethnic group, if we say, you know, Chinese good at math or this and that and the other. Okay, maybe that's not a good point. But what I'm saying is that we have to start just kind of getting getting away from these biases about what we think and stereotypes yeah. and then I think that would at least start the conversation of justice, justice reform. That's yeah. true though. That's absolutely true. So we wrapping it up. Um, but I just want to say this. That is, that is true. We do deal with that and as a mother of a black young man, I have to learn how to address those issues so that my child can go out into the world and do things the right way. I'm on my way to go see Queen and Slim right now, which is on those same lines because this is this is real. This is what we really, really we deal with this on a daily and people will never understand if they're never in our shoes. So that is true. And I appreciate you guys for coming today. <laughs> Thank you. This Thanks was a good conversation. It was a great conversation. We don't have many, well. many more. I appreciate you. I, I definitely appreciate my listeners for sign, signing in. Listen to what we have to say. Brain food for today was awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. So, until yeah, next thank you time. For having of course. Of course. I hope you guys come back. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Again, I am your host, Kai. Please stay tuned because we have some big fish to fry. <laughs>